In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? Thanks for joining us here at St. Mark Bemidji's podcast. Artificial intelligence is all the rage in the news. People don't really know what it is, and honestly, I don't think it's an actual thing outside of science fiction. Another definition I've seen attached to the term AI is artificial intimacy. We're all seeking that connection, aren't we? As a dedicated dumb phone user, I get to see it everywhere. People are always sitting around waiting for stuff, reading or watching their phones, walking around using their phones, driving or texting using their phones, sitting in a group of strangers using their phones, or sitting with their friends at dinner using their phones. Why are people doing this? Well, there are probably a number of explanations, but the one that makes the most sense to me is that they're looking for that connection, but they're looking in the wrong place. God is looking to connect with us through his word. It's one of the most available, most commonly found books out there, and it's the only book that will show you true meaning and true connection. And if you're looking for community, well, there are millions of Christians out there in the world, and if you can get them off their phones, they want to talk to you about God with you and to worship God alongside of you. So, I'm not going to suggest to you that you put down your phone permanently because there really are so many good Bible apps out there and there are a great number of many good podcasts made by good Christians that ponder and meditate on the Word of God, kind of like this one. But what I will urge you to do is to seek authentic intimacy of fellowship with God and your brothers and sisters around the throne of God in His Word. Just want to thank you guys for all coming out here again today. A podcast or any study of the Word doesn't do anything without people to listen to it and to take and act on it. So you make this podcast work. So thank you again. Today's meditation is titled, The Healing That We Truly Need, and is brought to us by Pastor Cowie from Woodlake, Minnesota. Let's listen together, shall we? What seems to be the problem today, or what would you like me to do for you, or simply how can I help? is probably the way you and I would expect, what you and I would expect to hear when a man is carried, friends carry a paralyzed man to a famous healer. His chief complaint, his primary problem, is that he can't walk. Seems obvious enough to everyone involved, except perhaps Jesus. Though it cannot be that Jesus didn't notice that the man was paralyzed. But at least initially, Jesus doesn't even mention it. Instead, he looks at the man and he says, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. Now, no one here today had to be carried in on a mat. But you've come to Jesus likewise with Problems that you hope he can fix. You hope to get some help from him. Why else would you be here? 
At the very least, someone else thought you needed to be here. That is, they cared for you so much that they would have been willing to carry you in if needed. Because there is something wrong with you. There's something hurting you. Maybe it's evident. Maybe it's a broken body. Or or a broken life or home. Maybe Maybe it's much less evident. A broken, hurting mind. Broken, strained relationships. Or, or perhaps you come and if we ask, what's your problem, how can I help? The problems that you'd list, you'd say the problem is with this crazy world or the crazy stupid people in it or our crazy government or some such thing outside of me. You're here. With all these obvious problems and even more hidden ones, And once again, you've come, and the first thing that Jesus says to you through his servant, I forgive you all your sins. Matthew doesn't tell us what the paralyzed man thought when Jesus said this, but some of us probably thought it. What about my real problems? Can't you do anything about that? But what is your real problem? What is it that's really hurting you? You think that it's something that's happened to you or something that someone did to you. You might think that it's your paralysis or whatever brought you here or whatever's on your mind. In our collect for today, our prayer of the day, we we prayed that the Lord God would keep us from all things that would hurt us. So if Jesus, your Jesus, leads with your sins are forgiven, don't you think he knows what's hurting you most? We aren't told what particular sins the paralyzed man even had. But don't you think Jesus knew? His paralysis was evident, it was obvious, it was visible. His sins, probably not. Because sin, we understand, doesn't start in our extremities and work its way in. It begins on the, outs- on the inside, in our very self. And so St. Paul in our epistle today, re- he reminds these Ephesians, Christians, that with regard to sin, they are to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. In other words, your sinful self, your deceitful desires, you, from the inside, are being destroyed and hurt. Sin starts in the self, in the nature. And it manifests itself. It it comes out by thoughts and actions. And St. Paul gives three examples. He says, put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to your neighbor. He says, in your anger, don't sin. Don't stay angry. He says, stop stealing and go to work. 
Now, like I said, I don't, we don't know how the paralyzed man reacted to Jesus' words, and we don't know what his sins may have been. We're not told all that much about the paralyzed man. What we hear, what we do see, is the reaction of these teachers of the law. It says, they said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. They heard what Jesus said. And immediately they formed in their minds an opinion about it. An opinion which they didn't dare share with Jesus. So they murmured their displeasure to each other. They said among themselves. They couldn't bring themselves to ask Jesus about it. Jesus, what did you mean? Or or tell him that they were so upset and give him a chance to teach them. And instead they secretly slandered him. They were angry, and in their anger they sinned. It says, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Well, Jesus said it, so we probably should say it out loud too. To say one thing and think another is falsehood, is evil. That doesn't mean that we always need to say everything that we think. But if you have something that needs to be said about someone, then you don't say one thing behind their back or under the breath and another thing to the person's face. It's true your victim may be none the wiser. Not yet. They usually find out. But Jesus knows evil thoughts. And he knows that they hurt everyone involved. Likewise, lingering unresolved anger hurts. Mostly you, but also the object of your wrath. And we can very easily be tempted to think that that whatever someone else did to us justifies our just anger against them and even our angry response. That's evil too. Stealing seems obviously wrong to us and fairly easy to avoid, we think, but, but when we remember that the opposite of stealing is to work. To do, as St. Paul says, to do something useful with your hands that you may have something to share with those in need. Jesus knows our evil thoughts that to receive, in order to receive good without the required work. Always wanting something for nothing. Or, or even when we do work, we do work, but only to amass stuff for ourselves without hardly a thought for my neighbor who is in need. St. Paul writes to Christians. He says, with regard to your former way of life, but your former way of life still has a sinful flesh that lives yet. He encourages them, put off your old self. Put it away. Cut it out. Stop it. Unfortunately, even if we wanted to, we couldn't. Our sinful nature is our sinful nature. It is our flesh. It is our very self. 
we are as unable to control our sinful self by nature as a paralytic is to control his legs. Not on our own. But if Jesus, unless Jesus makes us new, unless Jesus himself gives us a new self, a new nature, by taking all of our sins with all of our desires all the way down to our core, taking all of it and nailing it to his cross, atoning for our sins by his precious blood, dying the death we deserve, and drowning our sinful self in his sacrifice. That is, unless in repentance and faith, come to him, even be brought to him, and Jesus say to this repentant sinner, to you, take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. That's what you need. Then you are made new. And not just on the outside, not not in outward behavior, but as St. Paul says, in the attitude of your minds. Made, Made new all the way down to the very center of your being. Newly created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. To be sure, those teachers of the law, they don't receive this. Their sins, they had them too, known only to themselves and Jesus. They follow them, stick to them. They are not repentant, they do not believe, and are not forgiven. St. Matthew tells us that it was was faith that brought Jesus, that, that man to Jesus that day. It says that Jesus, when he saw their faith, that word could could mean that he's talking about just the man's friends who brought him, or it could be the whole group, including the paralyzed man. They come in faith even if they didn't come specifically looking for forgiveness, they came looking for healing, their faith and their trust in Jesus was willing to receive what Jesus wanted to give. What Jesus knows that we need. What a wonderful thing. To have friends of faith that will, that will carry us along when needed. Carry us to Jesus. Come to us with, to, to church with us. Bringing us to Jesus. And while the miracle of, of physical healing taught, it was a lesson taught to the teachers of the law that they were wrong about Jesus, that he was and did have the authority on earth to forgive sins. It was also a delightful gift to a forgiven sinner. Forgiveness already gave him a new life, new hope, new strength, new powers. Now he could walk. Now he could carry his own mat. Now he could go home, do his own work, something useful, and share with ones in need. Forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ is itself new life. It is itself healing for what hurts you most. But Jesus also blesses us with the ability to do what we couldn't do before or wouldn't do before. 
to speak the truth, to let go of anger, to work for the good of others. No no matter what we came expecting, may we always receive in repentance and faith what Jesus has and wants to give, the forgiveness of sins. And then, with a new heart, a new life, a new self, pick up your mat and go home. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity